Welcome back to another episode of Gang Grow Tain. We are here on a lovely Wednesday. Uh, it is now the year of 2023 and AI is taking over. So it's been nice having a job. I think at this point I'm, I'm ready for somebody to take it over. Um, but we, we're coming to you. We are going to be switching things up for uh, this year. So there's going to be some new style episodes that we come out with. We'll, uh, we'll probably find a way to outline that at some point. But uh, we're going to do a little bit more one to one episodes with uh, Jay and myself. So uh, Jay, welcome in to our first recording of 2023. Yeah. What's up, man? Hey, I got a trivia question for you while we're kicking things off. Do you recall when the first episode of GGR was recorded and released? I, I looked it up last night. Oh, that's I was, pretty funny. I do know. I don't. <clears throat> I don't know the date. I know who it was though. It was Dave Blake. Uh, it was not. That was not the first one we released. Actually, was the first one released. Carlos I thought it was too, but I went back and looked. It's Lincoln Murphy. Remember that right. guy? We do. Okay, so I do remember that. Yeah, we recorded with Lincoln Murphy, and then you recorded one with Dave in his office when you were in Utah. We were doing some, but I must have recorded it with Dave before we recorded Lincoln because I always remember Dave being the first one. I as think well. that's true. I think we, I think we thought Lincoln Murphy would help us pop, help the yeah, yeah, help the the name pop. Yeah, I actually remember the first it was August of 2019. It was closer to the pandemic than I remembered it being. That is, true. I actually thought it was 2018, but that's a, that's about when we started posting on LinkedIn. I looked that up too. So, the, so we had Lincoln Murphy, Dave Blake, Carlos Cazada were the first three I remember. Yep. Um, trying to 250 episodes ago. Yeah, that is, that's wild. There's good. a lot. There's many in there. Yeah. Almost four years. And today good. we're here to jump on the bandwagon of chat GPT. We're here to just dive in and, and hopefully soak up all the SEO that we're going to get from this. You know, we're going to get a, a million hits just from mentioning it. But um, I think it's, I you think know, it's so. on the craze. Frankly, I hate when things like this happen because then it just fills all my Twitter feeds, all my LinkedIn feeds, anything I consume in terms of my like content myself, I feel like it just is everywhere. So, but I feel like the, the fun part is, is when there are tools like this, you can find ways to leverage them for your own industry, your own job function. And so I thought today would be a fun episode for us, maybe just to give a quick overview for those who don't know, uh, who might be living under a rock, what chat GPT is. And then, um, I have three ideas written down that I want to basically convince you we should, you know, we should be doing in customer success. So, um, do you want to give maybe the 50,000 foot view of like what chat GPT is? I feel like you probably might be able to, to do a better job. Mm. Well, I don't know that I'm prepared. I, and, and you fill in the gaps. I, maybe before even we jump into that, I'll say this. I feel like this is very similar to when Google came out 20 some years ago, because it's a, uh, it feels like a whole new paradigm. And we've only begun, obviously, only begun to scratch the surface of, of what it can actually do. There's some really interesting elements to chat GPT as an organization and the, like the open AI organization behind it, the the company that's formed behind it, the way Microsoft is engaged with it. We probably won't go into all that. I can't, I won't be able to do all that justice right off the top of my head. But basically, um, my perception of, of chat GPT is it's a, it's a conversational search engine is the way I think about it. And really it, it puts together um, pretty cohesive answers to human questions. So, so you're just asking a normal conversational type question and you get a normal conversational type answer from 
the the engine. And there's a whole lot that I don't understand about it. A lot of people know a lot more about how to set up the context in chat GPT, which you can do to say, hey, use this framework, you know, think about, you know, when you're telling me the answer, think about this way of, of thinking about it, um, which I've not, I've not gone into that level of detail and playing with it. My son has actually done more with it than I have. Uh, He's probably well, we talked about that and I, and I told him, I said, don't, don't get any ideas about that because your, your teachers are going to be looking for that. And, you know, but, but I think it does, it is interesting, right? The world is going, going to shift very quickly around this because, um, even, even with Google, you, you, you start to see facts and figures aren't quite as interesting as they used to be. It's more about the analysis, the critical thinking, the collaboration skills we have as humans, that's going to differentiate us. And I think maybe that plays into the conversation that we'll have now, Jeff, with your ideas for how to use chat GPT for customer success. But you know, the, the, the human element of what, of what we all do has never been more important. Now I will say open AI has a long way to go in terms of accuracy and, and that, you know, yep. getting, getting the data right that comes out of it. But I think it's only a matter of time. It's, it's clear that this is, this is a, it's a new paradigm and it's going to shift the way that we interact with technology and the data that exists in the universe now, which is plentiful. Yeah. And I think that's a good, so I think, I think there is a, a good quick overview in there, which is, um, you know, we now have a tool available to us that provides a little bit more of a layer on top of just searching Google ourselves and having to compile all these insights and data. So I have three ideas <clears throat> and I think back okay. to your point, again, I think you have to take these with a grain of salt and I am like a novice user. I've, I have it, I've signed up for an account, I use it sparingly, but I have not done the context, you know, speak like this, look up this type of um, analysis. So yeah. I'm just kind of going with like three, what I think might be like simple use cases right off the top. So. And, and just to be clear, I've not been read into these no, yet. You so I'm hearing these for the first time. Just muted myself. You don't know no. this now. Um, so the first one, as I think now more than ever, the excuse of not doing any customer discovery is like out the window. You should be able to go to chat GPT and search for not only your customer, but probably key executives of your customer or stances um, types of things that they've said publicly. So um, a couple of searches that I've just used for, we'll just call it like some company analysis is um, how did company X fare over the last five years? Um, what would you say are their successes? What would you say are their losses? And again, it's like you said, the, the varying degree of like what information is public and out there, you know, if it's a private company, it's a little harder to come across um, mm -hmm. than a public company. But I just think there are ultimate, uh, there are, are a number of searches that you could do where now you're downloaded at least on the company much more um like walking into the business you can also um, i've done some searches that uh, like things you know describe to me what this company does if i was a five-year-old or describe what this company does you know at a level that i might understand so if i was working with a company maybe that's um more technical or maybe it's in cybersecurity or something where i just don't have that domain expertise um, i can easily grasp you know what they're trying to do and who they're trying to go after so i just think that there's probably a number of pathways to say, okay, now our customer discovery, I think like you said, you, you put this earlier, right? Where um, if I search for a company, there's probably thousands, millions of results on Google, right? That I have to sift through. I kind of have to find all these things. Um, now I can go get much more actionable and say, you know, give me the five most recent, uh, five most impactful headlines of this company in the last, you know, five years or um, anything like that, that would just help you surface insights much, much quicker, easier, um, and about, you know, founders or leaders of those teams. So 
um, I just wrote customer discovery is like number one that you can, you can start using. So, um, what's your thought there? Any, uh, yeah, I think that that's a really good one. It's sort of a no brainer. Like you could do this on Google today, but to your point, you have to sift through everything that comes along with the Google search. Part of what chat GPD jet chat GPT does is disintermediates the results. You don't have to choose between the results. It gives you an answer. Um, so that is a really actually very compelling, compelling one. It did make me think though, like people, people still need to want to do this yeah. and to know what questions to go ask. And I think that's what we'll get better at is like you just said, get, you're really good, Jeff, at asking good questions. That's just you. But the average bear may not be as good at saying, hey, give me the five most impactful headlines about company XYZ. They may not think of that. So maybe the templates become less about what to say and more about what to ask yeah. in terms of how we engage with the technology. So um, yeah, I, I think that's a really a really compelling one. And the, the answers that you need out of the gates, I was actually thinking about this yesterday, not that, com- not that complex, right? You need to know about like what what generally does the company do? Are there any major acquisitions or divestitures that a company has had over the past 12 to 24 months? Um, how much revenue do they have? That's a question that I don't think people appreciate well enough is how big is this company? How many employees does it have? How many products do they have? Um, because all those will inform the kind of discussion that you have with that with that business. So I think it's very good. By the way, that same set of questions and that you highlighted there, the, the research that can also, this is perfect for sales as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think so. Um, so this is kind of a g- taking a no brainer and then going into more of a no brainer is, um, my second one. So I thought about that first one as more about like, what does your customer do in terms of the company? Uh, maybe researching some of the people there, right? Like what, what some of the actual executives, what they've done, um, or maybe what they've said publicly. So that's kind of like one Avenue. The second one is what I'm calling like your key contact insights. And what I mean by that is, you know, what's the persona that you work with most? And can I go learn more about what that persona is trying to accomplish? So let's just take a customer success example. If I was working with a customer success team or a customer success leader, um, asking chat GPT questions like, what are the concerns of a VP of customer success at a B2B SaaS company? And asking specifically like, can I get to understand what are the needs and wants of that of that key persona that I'm going after? What are the things that quote unquote keep them up at night, right? So can I go do research on that persona? Because maybe I haven't been there, right? We always talk about domain expertise versus kind of a generalist and, and how do you hire yeah. for the right one? And I think we've always kind of talked about, you know, having some of that um, expertise would be nice, right? I don't think it's a, a must have, but it would, would be nice. Well, here's a great way that I could go find some of that expertise especially if you have a product that goes across many different industries or many different buyer types. Um, and I think of this as like a great thing for a CSM, man, how awesome is this also for a marketing team, right? A marketing team (laughs) and say, okay, I can really get to know my, uh, my customer even that much better because, you know, maybe I listen to gong calls today, or maybe I, um, you know, I go ask our teams, you know, what they're hearing on the, on the ground floor, but now I've got another search engine that just helps me to get more critical insights. So, um, I wrote down things like, you know, what are the, what are the concerns or what are top concerns of a, uh, we'll call it VP of customer success at a B2B SaaS company. Um, I wrote down like what, what, uh, KPIs does a VP of customer success at a SaaS company? Um, what are they looking at as like main KPIs? Uh, and then the third one I wrote down are like, what are the types of decisions that they're going to have to make? Um, and again, varying results. And I feel like you have to go figure out, uh, you, you might have to go do some 
slight follow-up and make sure that it's, it's accurate. You can't just take it word for word. But I think generally yeah. when I've asked it, some of these questions, it's pretty good. And so I kind of wrote, you know, bucket number one is that company research or account research. Bucket number two is that persona research um, really around your, your key contacts. Yep. Um, completely agree. And I think if you look at it, um, if, if, if your product is horizontal, meaning that you serve a lot of different industries with the same tool set, think of like monday.com or Asana. Those are project management tools, right? You can like, we use, we use monday.com for oh, God knows hundreds of different use cases internally. Our onboarding process runs through it. We do core just project management through it. Everything seems to be attached to a Monday board here, but that so in that situation, I think the CSM or the people further down in the organization, not further down, but the people further out toward the customer are going to do can can do more of the research themselves. In the case of like like um, I don't know, let's say your your company sells a product to dental like dentists, right? Yeah. Then your product marketing team probably wants to leverage that to go use as a starting point for building that persona information that they need to go create the content, the materials doesn't preclude you from doing research probably talking to these. Well, it should not preclude you from talking to these customers, yeah. right? That's, yeah. that's probably the big risk in this is that people begin to rely too much on what a bot tells you and, and not enough about what another human tells you, but you can get a huge leg up by just going to start with that, that research. So I think product marketing teams in a more of a focused niche vertical industry will be able to use this. And as you go into a horizontal industry, then the CS team you know, anybody who interacts, a sales team, anybody who interacts with a customer that's not industry focused could benefit from it. And you can even ask it things like I just um, was looking, I think another way to also think about this, right, is, is kind of doing research on that persona, but is also thinking about, can you get it to help you formulate an argument, right? So maybe you're going into a renewal and you say, hey, how would I position this product to a leader of customer success at a B2B SaaS company? And you know, now it helps you to formulate an argument um, on the basis of, you know, is there value? Is there like it, it'll help you at least kind of put together maybe a framework that you're able to work from um, that helps you. Again, I don't think you can take it verbatim, right? You can't take it word for word. But um, again, just I think I, I'm the type of person that I like to tend to uh, I'll call it stealing. Right? I like to tend to steal from a lot of people in terms of like ideas, frameworks. And so like the more that I can see and feel, OK, oh, this is one way to approach, you know, a leader about a renewal that I have upcoming. And then, oh, maybe there's another Chris Orlov. I know is on LinkedIn right now talking a lot about um, mm -hmm. his approach, you know, in the sales cycle. So, you know, taking all of these things and kind of soaking them up into saying, okay, now I feel much more comfortable. I've seen different ways to present this argument about, you know, hey, let's go into a renewal period. Let's go, you know, make sure uh, that we kind of secure the renewal for this year. Uh, that's just another way that you can use it too, is like positioning against certain positions um, in the company. And it'll give you um, a framework to do that. So like core skill building yep. effectively yep. Give, giving you a way to, to, to have a starting point on a, on a specific answer you may need yeah. as a practitioner of customer success or anything else for that matter. Yeah. You could probably even use it yeah. as a, um, objection handler too, right? Like, Hey, how, yeah. how would you approach, you know, somebody who says X, you know, when we're negotiating a renewal. So again, I think that's another, another case. Um, okay. Third, third idea that I had, um, is I think the number one thing I've said this now, I think for a year, but I think the number one thing that customer success teams struggle with is actually a lack of content. Um, I think, you mm -hmm. know, they don't have, they might have access to, let's call it a blog or a PDF, right? But that's kind of generally where it stops. We kind of lack the, um, we lack that uh, variety of content that we think is going to 
um, speak to different types of people, right? So, hey, can I have a, a video? Can I have um, a piece of content? Can I have slides? Can I have all this stuff that, that helps kind of reinforce this idea for, for different learning styles? And so uh, there's multiple ways to approach this within ChatGPT, but two to three ways to think about. Um, you can ask ChatGPT to craft headlines for you. So, hey, I have an article about X. What are different types of headlines that I could use that would speak to this type of leader? So it helps you kind of think, it helps you kind of craft that um, headline. Uh, the second second way to think about using that is, hey, I have the, can you, um, basically, can you read this article or can you uh, kind of ingest this article? Can you then give me a, um, how I would translate that into a video script, right? So, hey, write a video script for this. So now maybe you take an asset that your company has and you say, hey, can you read through this? And then can you give me a video script that I could talk about this for two minutes? And now you've translated a piece of content into something that now can be video. Um, so I think that's a second way to think about it is, okay, now I can translate something into a different type of medium. And then the third, um, the third thing that I think it is also there is um, coming up with ideas for different types of content. So again, similar to the persona piece that we just talked about, asking it, hey, what are, what are five unique articles that I could write that would speak to a VP of customer success that have not been written before? You can ask it prompts like that, right? So can we get something specific that hasn't been written before? Um, that, that's maybe out there. So I kind of think about headline creation and kind of the shock and awe. Can I get some people to open my email type of, you know, that's kind of number one. Number two is the, can I translate a piece of content into a different type of medium? Can it help me do that? And then number three was, um, can you help me, you know, actually craft new ideas or different types of, you know, uh, newer content that I can be creating for my customers. So I just think, um, you know, customer success teams are going to be asked to do more. I think content is still going to struggle um, and I think you got to figure out ways to get scrappy on creating this type of stuff. So I think there's um, an avenue for for that too. Yep, um, I I think so. I mean, I think people are already using it to to generate content. And in fact, some sites I'm I'm having trouble remember. Was it? Um, I think Stack Overflow has already banned Chat GPT answers. Did you hear no, that? That's that's interesting. Though. Yeah. I don't know how, how do they enforce that? I don't know because some of these answers look legit to me. Um, but I think especially now you may, you may do that, but you got to fact check this stuff when it comes out It's still not hundred percent accurate. And I, and I think, I don't know, all of this to me has to be, you have to put a little additional human touch on it to make it really resonate with your audience. Everything that comes out of it to me feels a little bit, high level fluffy yeah. and, but it, it will get it's better. It will get better. Yeah. I, I, I was going to, I was going to end our whole conversation by saying that, like, I still think I, I would look at this as a tool to um, help you get to version one. And then you yep. need to, like you said, add the human touch to say, okay, you know, it's given me the bulk of what what's there. How do I then take it and shape yep. it in my own voice or shape it in my own context? Um, but I just think uh, maybe it removes that excuse of like, I'm not a content creator or I can't, you know, I don't have time to go do research on a customer or, um, you know, I'm so busy with meetings. I can't go, uh, learn about, you know, this type of persona that we're, we're dealing with. And so I think there's just, to me, it limits that. Cause now I've got step one and I can go do that fairly easily by asking a couple of questions too. um, something. So I agree about the, you still have to add your own, your own touch, put it in your own voice. Yeah. There, there, there's very little excuse for not having access to some piece of information that would be vital before you get on the phone with a customer, if that's what your task is, yeah. there's just no excuse. Yeah. Right. And frankly, there wasn't before with Google, right? Yeah. 
all this because all, all chat GPT is it's not not all it's doing, but a big piece of what it's doing is disintermediating the search where you have to decide what's relevant and what's not. Yeah. Now it'll be interesting to see. So Chad GPT is is the engine in the background, right? Yeah. And from all you know, from all I can see, it looks like Microsoft and Bing are going to become the front end front end engine for this. So when that happens over time, what will the what will the results look like? Will there will there be ads interspersed? Absolutely, there there will be. This stuff is very expensive to run, by the way. It costs like two cents every time anybody runs a query on this thing. I heard that last night um, on the Prof G podcast. But so, you know, it'll it'll have to be paid for, and that'll come from advertising. Yeah. I would I would believe. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think it's gonna it, it's gonna change the game. It's gonna be a lot different. It is <laughs> having this kind of technology in our hands to do interesting things with. And I think we're going to have to get more vigilant in understanding, okay, what's real and what's not, what's, what's accurate, what's not as we go, as we go through the process Um, of using it. Cool. I I think there's a couple ideas here that you can go take. Um, And again, I think we're, we're, uh, uh, we're not saying you can use them completely, but I think, you know, good starting points, uh, maybe a way to test something that, you know, can help your team kind of get to step one. So uh, maybe three ways to think about it. Account discovery, you know, how can you go learn more about your yep. accounts and, um, you know, the types of businesses they are, what they do, how they make revenue, um, kind of learn about some of their executives. Number two is like the persona customer discovery. So, you know, who's our key contact? How do I learn about their role more? How do I kind of get in their shoes um, more frequently? Um, and then number three is just creating content. You know, how do we help kind of scale our team's knowledge? How do we think about uh, generating content that we think is going to um you know, get opened and get viewed by our audience to, to drive some, some outcomes. So I think, um, I think there's a couple interesting ways to, to think about using it in the short term, uh, while it's still free and available. And, you know, I wouldn't necessarily bake it into all your processes, but I think um, a little bit of discovery here and there, uh, could definitely go a long way. Those are really, really good ideas. And I, I really like the idea of the, um, like give me 20, 20 email subjects that would be appealing to such and such yeah. like to an executive. Right. I mean, that's cool stuff that if we're all working to get attention from somebody, right? If you're a CSM, you know, or if you're leading a CSM team, like we need our team, like to go out and make sure we've got relationships with our top, you know, hundred, several hundred accounts. Like how, how do you do that? And as, and as busy and as a, a crowded of a world as we live in. So the ability to, to do those things and have a little bit of help along the way is, is going to be pretty cool. It'll be interesting to see, which technology providers that we use end up integrating this into their platforms first to give you those hints in the CRM or in the customer success platform or in the support platform that you use today. That, that I think is going to be, um, that, that'll be really interesting and, and maybe a, a bigger determinant of how this will be adopted by B2B organizations over the next few yeah. years. There's already one, uh, if you look up a company called everafter.ai, they do like a onboarding, um, customer experience type portal. It's kind of like a two-way portal you can have kind of in the tool, in your product with the, the customer at all times. I just saw that they um, built some of this into their, I'm not sure how they're using it. I just saw an announcement yesterday that they were excited to, you know, try and implement some of this stuff. So um, I think- First yeah, market, think, that's smart. Yeah, it's, it's like you said. <laughs> Whatever it looks like. Yeah, see how it, you know, see how it works, see if it, um, how successful it is. But there's definitely people who are thinking about it for their, their products, which is interesting. So, um, all right, cool. cool. Well, quick episode. Um, but I think there's some good ideas in here. Hopefully people can take some away. Um, and if you made it this far in the episode, make sure to press the subscribe button. 
uh, we'd appreciate it, whichever platform you're on. And we'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. Jay here. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. You know, this started as a labor of love for Jeff and I a couple of years ago, and it's really turned into a movement around customer success and community. And we couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of it. Um, we grow this by word of mouth. So we'd, we'd love it if you're willing and you find value in what you hear on this podcast, leave us a rating or a review on, on Apple podcasts or Spotify. It'll help us grow and, and provide value to more customer success professionals. Also, if you haven't yet, please sign up for gain, grow, retain the online community. It's gaingrowretain.com. You can meet other people, make one-on-one connections, share ideas, get ideas, grow your career. Ultimately, um, be on the lookout also for live events, both in person and virtual this year. We're excited to get back to that. And thanks for being part of the community. We look forward to talking to you soon.